you're an author and you've ever tried to do anything I've ever told you to do to market your work, you're going to want to stick around for this interview. I'm talking to Evan Gao coming up next. Hey, sometimes it's hard to know where to start when you're building and growing your indie author career, and that's why I have put together something just for you. Me and my partner, Roland Denzel, have created Indie Author Blueprint. So hop over to IndieAuthorBlueprint.com, start learning about all the ways you can build and grow your own indie author career, and we'll be right there with you all the way. See you there, IndieAuthorBlueprint.com. It's the Word Slinger Podcast, where story matters. Build your brand, write your book, redefine who you are. It's all about the story here. What's yours? Now, here's the guy who invented pants optional, Kevin Tomlinson, the Word Slinger. Word Slinger. Well, all right. Welcome back to another week of the Word Slinger podcast. I am Kevin Tomlinson, the Word Slinger. If there are other Word Slingers out there, please stand up. Please stand up. <laughs> uh, so this has been an interesting week. Uh, we've had a lot of things going on. Actually, last week was the most interesting. And some of you, if you are a D2D um, author and uh, have a uh, subscription to our newsletter at all, you know uh, that Barnes & Noble kind of went off the rails there for a minute. Um, there was a whole thing where they weren't going to pay draft to digital or any aggregator uh, for um, like all of February, basically. And then we managed to get it to like a third of the payment for February. Um, and then uh, we decided to do something kind of cool. And I can't take any credit for this because this was uh, this was the decision of our CEO and and uh, his partners in the business, and they they decided, you know, we're going to take out a loan. We're going to cover draft to digital on uh, on the remainder of the the remaining two thirds of what they were going to owe the authors. Uh, and and to you know, frankly, it's it's a miracle because you know, by our terms of service, draft to digital doesn't have to pay authors if they don't have funds applied to the account. So if Barnes and Noble didn't pay us. There's nothing we could really do, um, but we were going to go ahead and cover that anyway. I was really impressed by that decision. And then uh, our CEO kept going back, trying to trying to get in a conversation, trying to talk things out. And eventually, there we were. Uh, Barnes & Noble realized that they'd made a, a little bit of a goof. And uh, they were basically treating Draft2Digital like one of the big players in, in this uh, arena. Like we were, you know, Random House or Tor Somebody like that. So, uh, <laughs> which is kind of cool because the reason that happened is because of the sheer volume of indie author books that go through us to Barnes and Noble. It was enough to, to sort of camouflage us as if we were one of the big five publishers, basically. So, um, that is just stunning if you really stop to think about it. You guys write enough books and put enough work out there and sell enough work that it fooled a giant in the industry into thinking we were much bigger than we are. <laughs> so, so there's a question, though. If you appear to be that big, because of the numbers, aren't you that big? <laughs> so that's you guys, though. 
I mean, uh, draft to digital is just a conduit for getting your work out there. The real publishers in this in this scenario are you. Um, everyone out there listening right now, if you're a draft to digital author in particular, but just us as indie authors, self-published authors, we are a force to be reckoned with. Uh, it's been really interesting to see what's been shaping up during this time of uh, the coronavirus and the pandemic and everyone's isolated at home. Uh, ebook sales have been on the rise. Um you know, the last number I have is actually a few weeks out of date now, but it it was, you know, something like you know, a 45% increase in uh, e- ebook sales with all retailers on average. And then library sales are up by like 145%. So that is, uh, those are staggering numbers. You really stop and think about that. You know, more people are buying and reading ebooks right now than ever before. Is it something that's going to go on forever? Probably not. You know, it's going to level off and probably even retreat a little uh, once the isolation is over. But I think a lot of readers uh, who are avid readers who needed that fix, they needed to have something to help them pass the time, discovered that they actually can read and enjoy ebooks after all. You know, there's always that crowd who says, you know, I only read real books, you know, talking about the paperbacks and the uh, hardbacks. Those became difficult to get during this. Libraries were closed. Retailers um, who normally would sell those books were, you know, often were closed. Barnes and Noble. That's why Barnes and Noble was having some challenges. And uh, you know, you could buy a book at like a grocery store or something like that, but you know, there's a limited selection there, right? So uh, eBooks became the go-to for people who just needed something to read. And if if you've been in this business for a while, you realize there are readers out there. Some of you are probably readers like this yourself. Just plow through a book <laughs> as if, it, if as if it was nothing as like tearing through tissue um i cannot write books fast enough to keep my readers satisfied which is a really good thing um but that's been the state of the union here lately um ebooks are are uh, gaining a lot of traction uh, because of this a lot of things are changing because of covid and it's really interesting to watch i'm watching like you know the food service industry change the retail industry change it's all accommodating this stuff for right now, but people are starting to kind of snap to the fact that there's so much more they could be doing besides falling back on the same old tricks. You know, if I'm a restaurant, I can serve my my clientele through a window, a walk-up window, as well as through, you know, sit-down service. Uh, and even, even as well as, you know, a drive-in uh, window. Uh, there are restaurants setting up their parking lots to be drive-in movie theaters and then the restaurant comes around you place your order use your phone to place an order and they bring your food to your car in a you know in like a plastic tub or something barely had any contact with anybody anyone who did touch it has has had gloves and hand sanitizer and masks and uh, they bring the food right out to you and you enjoy a movie right there from your car how amazing is that? And it's just continuing to go on. Grocery services. I remember way back in the early 2000s, a grocery delivery service was was uh, sort of released. And I used it just to try it out. And I was pretty broke. But I remember it was like I bought some milk and uh, eggs and bananas or something. And it cost me like $50. <laughs> Something that would have cost me like, you know, maybe $10 if I went to the store, cost me like $50 to have delivered. 
so I never used that service again and it put a bad taste in my mouth. But I think a lot of people had that experience. And now these grocery delivery services have figured it out. They know how to do this without it costing an arm and a leg. And people are starting to kind of become comfortable with it. Whereas before it was something they were, you know, wary about. So you're starting to see a shift there. I think we'll see that continue, you know, lots of things like that. And on the ebook front, on the publishing front, the, um, the main houses, the big five, big four now, I guess, uh, whoever, whatever the number is, these guys have been telling everybody for years, don't pay any attention to that, that, uh, ebook garbage. It's, it's garbage. It's low quality books. It's no one likes it. No one wants to read that way. You know, it's a waste of time. We're going to raise our prices on ebooks to uh, more than the cost of a hardback book because it's just that much of a waste of time. And now what? <laughs> you and I, friends, we rule this game uh, because of the, our ability to adjust pricing, to pivot, to uh, fix problems and, and uh, upload new versions of the books if we find an error, uh, if we find a typo or something like that. Our ability to adjust course instantly gives us so many advantages over the traditional publishing world already. But the fact that we embraced eBooks uh, as, as sort of our primary way of earning an income as writers. Not, every, not all of us. Some of you listening are still pretty dependent on print sales. I, I, I only include print books, I'll be honest. The only reason I even include them is, one, so that people can have the souvenir, basically, the physical book, because some people just like to have that. They want me to sign it or whatever. Uh, but two, having that physical book gives me a price contrast. I can show that the ebook is so much less expensive than the print book. And why, why pay $15 to $20 for a book when you can pay you know, 3 to $6 or 3 to $7 for the book? And, and enjoy the experience just as much. And have as many of them as you like. And have other bonuses besides. So I think uh, we're, we're watching a paradigm shift in progress, and I'm kind of excited about it. You should be, too. This is, this is going to be pretty amazing. Uh, and I think that things like the, the hiccup with Barnes & Noble, uh, I think they're going to recover from this. And this could be, if they, if they are wise, if their leadership is wise and pays attention and follows the, uh, the guidance of, of, you know, draft to digital and, and folks like us who uh, know this business, this could revolutionize Barnes & Noble and change the game for them and make them profitable again, make them stable again. Because they've been not so great, you know, over the past 10 or 15 years. You know, uh, they've had to try all kinds of crazy things to bring that retail business back in line and to get people back into those bookstores where, you know, the coffee is overpriced and <laughs> and other things are uh, are not as uh, utopic as uh, they they might be, you know. Um, so, the, I love Barnes Noble, by the way. You should know I love the stores. I love going in there. I love hanging out. Uh, but the the experience has been dulled for me over the years um, as they've shifted away from their primary business. And uh, you know, it's now just it's kind of uh, the occasional place I go to sit comfortably and try to get some writing done. But they're not quite accommodating that either. So um, 
yeah, that's where things are. Anyway, we're we're about 12 minutes in, and I want to make sure we get into this interview with Evan Gao. I really enjoyed this chat, and it was one of those spontaneous ones where he and I had a conversation. I think it was me, him, and Nick Thacker uh, having a chat, you know, one, one afternoon about uh, some possibilities, you know. And we were able to, uh, I, afterward I asked him if he'd be willing to come on the show and he was able to come on like the next day. So, um, finally getting to post this now, cause you know, uh, shortly after that, the apocalypse hit us, but, uh, <laughs> I think, I think it's going to work out okay. So without, uh, delaying this any further, let's hop right in and enjoy this interview with Evan Gowan. Come back around on the other side and we'll finish up and I'll see you over there. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us, tuning in. Uh, I'm sure I set this up in the intro, but I want to make sure I introduce our guest today is Evan Gao. He is the indie developer of Story Origin, a marketing tool and community of authors working together to build mailing lists, increase sales, and find reviewers. And those are all things we're very interested in, Evan. So welcome to the show. I can't wait to dive in on this. Thanks for having me on. You, you're welcome, man. We met officially yesterday for the very first time. Uh, so that has to be the, the uh, fastest turnaround <laughs> on a uh, wordslinger guest I've ever had. So if I had any sort of award or, or anything, I'd hand it to you right now. Man. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. yeah number one. <laughs> number one. You're in first place on, uh, on tw- less than 24 hour turnaround. Uh, Okay, so uh, and, and what's funny, and so this is a warts and all show, so I'm going to share everything that just happened, okay? So you ready? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Evan booked the show yesterday after I sent him an invite and got a slot today that I didn't notice until my calendar alerted me this morning while I was building a course. So I had to run from Starbucks to here, to, uh, and I was still late. I was like... <laughs> I got here. I got here within uh, within the ten minutes that I told you it was going to take, though. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you did your, uh, your you did your nine minute mile. That's right. Heart. <laughs> my my semi mechanical heart is uh, is uh, in good shape, man. So yeah, I think um, I think I ran my miles in nine minutes back when I was in uh, high school. So yeah, I, I haven't was, done. I was slow. <laughs> I haven't done that kind of running. If you were to see me from the chest down, you can tell I haven't done that kind of running in quite a while. So, all right, uh, enough of that. Enough of me being tardy. So you are uh, you founded story origin and this is something that's kind of making the rounds uh in the indie author community right now people are pretty excited about it um from the general buzz that i hear uh so why don't you give me a little rundown of what story origin is and how you got started yeah so story origin sort of as you mentioned in the intro is a marketing tool and a community for authors uh to network and uh and work together to cross promote their books whether those are review copies, um, uh, whether it's you're trying to build your email list and you're using a reader magnet or you're trying to grow your sales. And you can work together with authors through group promotions where you sort of all list your books on a single landing page and everyone's promoting that landing page. Or you can do direct one-to-one cross promotions where I'm mentioning your book in my newsletter and you mention my book in your newsletter. And so we get more visibility that way. And uh, I got started with story origin because uh, I used to write short stories back in high school, actually. So I've always had an interest in writing. 
and then got really into entrepreneurship in college uh, <clears throat> and decided when I was looking for what I wanted to do next uh, with my life, I uh, wanted to combine these passions for both writing and entrepreneurship. And so I went and talked to a bunch of authors about, you know, what, what are you doing? What, what tools are you using? Like, how are you making money? And I realized that there's just, you know, a plethora of different platforms out there and you have to have, you know, accounts on five different platforms to do all these things. And I, and I thought, okay, so this is like a really good place where I could try to build something that makes it and ties it all together seamlessly for you. So that's how I got started with story origin. Yeah. You've got a lot jam packed into, into this, into the service. I mean, I, yeah. Anybody who goes over, so it's story, I'm going to give the URL now, but it'll also be in the show notes. You can go to story, storyoriginapp.com. And I think you have a couple other domains that point that direction as well, right? I, uh, my email uh, is evan at storyorig.in. Originally, I was being, uh, I think I was trying to be a little bit too cute with the domain. So, <laughs> so I had it set up on storyorig.in. Uh, and, and I was like, every time someone, every time I mentioned this on a podcast, I'm going to have to explain it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'd rather just have story origin app.com. Yeah. So my, it, yeah. <laughs> you can, you, you'll build it, man. We had yeah. the same issue, Nick and I with uh, author email. Cause we, we mm -hmm. have the, the domain author.email. Right. And, but people, we would give that to people and people would, would ask, well, what's the, what's the URL to go check it out? Right. Say, it's author.email. <laughs> so we bought author.email.com. There you go. Just, there you go. <laughs> um, I'm going to keep pushing it though. People are going to catch on. Uh, yeah. I think you should do the same. So <clears throat> yeah, you got a lot of stuff built into uh, this guy. Um, yeah. And I, you know, what I like, so you and I just talked about this briefly yesterday when Nick uh, dropped off the call unexpectedly, but um uh, I am a big fan. I, I, I'm a big believer in platform building as your primary marketing tool. So building a mailing list, you know, having a newsletter that is uh, regularly engaging your audience. <clears throat> Sorry about that. These are things uh, I preach and things I practice. So I'm glad to see that's a big part of the, uh, the service. Is that like the primary yeah. service? Uh, yeah. The, the uh building your email list yeah. portion that with the reader magnets yeah you know i would say that's probably the thing that gets the most airtime uh from authors when they first learn about story origin and start to use it is the aspects of of building your email list yeah and that is the first sort of stepping stone for a lot of authors uh with story origin because story origin again is all about authors cross promoting each other and, and mainly through their, through their newsletters. So when you first get on to story origin, the first thing you would want to do if you don't have a mailing list is to uh, upload a reader magnet. Usually, you know, for anyone who's not familiar with that, it's a 10 to 15,000 word short story prequel to uh, your book or your series. Doesn't have to be that, but that's sort of the most common thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then you upload that reader magnet to story origin and then people can request 
uh, getting that book for free in exchange for signing up to your mailing list. And so then you can join group giveaway promotions where authors are sort of all cross promoting their reader magnets. And it's a way for uh, everyone in that group promotion to build their mailing list together. Um, So that's, that's what gets the most airtime for sure. And it's the step first stepping stone for a lot of authors. But I would say that um, once you uh, get a little bit more advanced, story origin can stick with you through your author journey, right? Um, So you can start to do stuff like, like newsletter swaps, which are direct one to one cross promotions with other authors, as I mentioned. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you can also use story origin for review copies in those review copies can be pre or post publication. So uh, if you're looking to uh, get more reviews on Amazon or Goodreads or BookBub, what have you, and you can do review copy group promotions as well, which, which no one else does. Right. So uh, a landing page that a bunch of authors list their review copies together and we all promote that landing page and we all sort of build our review teams together. And you can do the same thing with uh, the audiobook promo codes that you get from ACX or Findaway. Mm-hmm. So uh, because you do review copies and this yeah. is a community-based thing, uh, mm-hmm. could this, is this in part, uh, could this be a tool for helping you build like a street team or something for uh, advanced readers and, and that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you you uh, put your review copy up on Story Origin. You don't need to have a review team in place already with a review copy on Story Origin. You can actually collect interest in that review copy. Interesting. Uh, and then what the way that it works is all the control is in your hands as the author. So what you get when someone requests a review copy Story Origin isn't just going to automatically give that person a copy just because they requested it. Mm-hmm. You get to look at that reviewer's profile on Story Origin, see if they've requested, uh, if they if they requested ten review copies on Story Origin before and said they were going to leave reviews on Goodreads for all of those, and they only left uh, reviews on Goodreads for two of them, mm-hmm. then they would have a twenty percent completion rate on Goodreads, and you would be able to see that before proving them for a review copy. So that reviewer you might choose not to give them a copy because they're not going to review it yeah um or uh you might check out their goodreads profile uh and see that they are writing they're reading mostly uh cozy romance and your book is actually a little bit more steamy than that and so you don't give them a review copy because maybe they are misinterpreting sort of what genre your book is in and you don't want to get a bad review because they actually don't like your genre yeah. and didn't realize it before requesting it. So you can, so you get to bet the review, the people that review your book before. Yeah, that, I like that. Copy. I like that a lot. I mean, it, it, you qualify yeah. them a little more before, uh, before you hand it over. Um, right. So yeah, anyone it, can make a request and you get to vet them. Do you have the ability to communicate with, uh, with those readers? So uh, the only, so story origin, if, they haven't left a review within two weeks of uh, being approved and able to leave a review for that book, then Story Origin will send them an automatic follow-up email. So you don't need to do any of the follow-up or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if they do leave a review, if they, if they complete their review steps on Story Origin and they leave a review of three stars or more, then you uh, can access that uh, reviewer's email. And, and the reviewer puts their email in when they're 
requesting it so they know that there's uh, some possibility that the author might contact them. Um, uh, so if, if the reviewer leaves a three plus star review and uh, they complete their review steps on story origin, then you can, uh, then you can email that reviewer directly. Uh, and the reason it works that way is because, um, you know, basically the people that uh, story origin already does the follow up with the reviewers. So mm -hmm. you don't, you know, I don't want just reviewers getting blasted from, a thousand different authors saying, Hey, why didn't you leave your review yet? Um, so story origin just automatically handles that follow up. So, so the email is there. If you have another review copy coming out and you want that person to request that book as well, you can shoot them the link. Okay. Okay. I want a punish them button. Review. <laughs> you have like rocket launchers or anything I can uh, engage with? No, no rocket launchers, but I mean, Look, the reviewers, if they don't complete their review, um, yeah. they they know uh, when they request a review copy, it, they have to check a box. Like, I understand that uh, this, you know, will be uh, like authors get to see my review stats and it takes them to a link where they can see what their review stats are. So they know that they have review stats and, and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and if they don't, if they don't complete it, it'll impact their review stats. And so uh, authors are less likely to approve them for review copies in the future. Okay. Sort of a yeah. social scoring kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So um, that's fantastic, man. And I'm just kidding about a, uh, about punitive <laughs> measures, uh, <laughs> but when it comes to no, I get the, it. Uh, list building side of it, does yeah. it, how, mm -hmm. how does it work exactly? Do you, uh, they they register through your site and then the author gets that list or does it uh, do you send them directly to to a registration form on the author's site or what? So so when you post a reader magnet on Story Origin, uh, Story Origin will generate a landing page for you for that book, and so readers can then go to that page on Story Origin and put their contact information in mm -hmm. and uh, request it, and then that uh, that reader's contact info, if you're using an email service provider um, and you integrate that email service provider with Story Origin, Story Origin can send that reader contact info directly to your mailing list. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, the way it works is they would basically request the book, the reader would request the book through Story Origin and download it from Story Origin. Okay. Um, but can seamlessly add it to your email service provider. Or if you're not using an email service provider integration, you can just download a CSV of ask, the people yeah. that have requested the book and then upload it to whatever, whatever place you're, you're handling your, uh, your email service, for example, uh, author.email. Author.email. Exactly. I was <laughs> just, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't have to. <laughs> okay. Um, that's fantastic, man. Yeah. I, yeah, this is, yeah. um, now this is similar to other services. Uh, what in, I'm, I know you get some comparisons. Yeah. Uh, how does this stack up against, uh, things like, uh, book funnel, for example, which another Texas boy, you, you're another yeah. Texas guy. I'm a Texas guy. Yeah. Danny Courtney <laughs> is a Texas guy. We're yeah. all those Texas guys are all about the email. Apparently. Yeah. Apparently I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Um, you know, in terms of how it stacks up, you know, uh, 
they book funnels got a lot of great features story origin has a lot of great features there mm -hmm. is some overlap there like you mentioned with the the reader magnets feature um there are things that you can do with story origin that you can't do with book funnel there are things that you can do with book funnel that you can't do with story origin um so it sort of just depends on what your what your needs are as an author and what sort of strategies you want to be trying to take yeah. um so yeah 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 right now your service is free and that this is true yeah story origin is <laughs> well let me let me, free, let me so. rephrase yeah. that as of january 2020 correct your service is free because people yes. listen to this years down the road but it's right. in beta, you know open beta right now right yeah, so Story Origin is in, in open beta right now, which means that uh, I, I like to I like to mention here that open beta does not mean crappy software. Right. Uh, there have been uh, thousands of authors that have battle tested Story Origin already. Um, open beta just means I'm not exactly sure what the pricing model is going to look like, um, but it'll probably be you know. Uh, subscription will be very affordable. Like I, I would not be concerned about the price. Um, yeah. um, if, if I were signing up as an author today. Um, <clears throat> so, so yeah, uh, you, you get all of the features for free and, uh, you can test it out. And if you don't like it, I will give you plenty of warning, uh, so that if you decide, Hey, it's becoming paid. Like I don't really, like it that much or like I want to use a different service and I want to migrate to something else like that's totally totally fine by me like I want to put that power in your hands like if yeah. you I don't want you to feel locked in right? right like if you want to migrate away from story origin like that's fine like I want you to use whatever is best for uh, your your work process right yeah and that that is uh, that's the kind of thing I appreciate by the way uh, yeah. when, when, uh, people who are building in this space, uh, are more focused on what is it that the author needs rather than, uh, how much can I gouge them for? So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's fantastic. So, uh, do you have a kind of a timeline on, do you know when you may be making the decision about when it's going to become a paid service? Um, I'm not exactly, I don't have any particular date in mind. Um, but I will say now, if you sign up uh, for the open beta now, even after it becomes paid, uh, you will still continue to receive it for free for some number of months. I, I don't know whether that's two months or three months or six months. I, I haven't figured that piece out yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but what I will say is like it's going to be at least two months. Um, and uh, and you're only going to get that deal if you sign up now. Uh, if you sign up after the beta period ends, then like you're you're going to have to sign up to a paid plan, uh, uh, or you know de depends on how the the tiering works, right? I haven't figured yeah. out the pricing model, which is is part of all of this. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's the <laughs> figuring out how much um, you can, how much is safe to charge people. We'll say yeah, <laughs> very challenging uh, across yeah. a number of yeah. fronts for me. So, and, yeah. and for Nick and for others, so I do understand. Uh, yeah, that's cool, man. So, let's talk a little bit about um, like you've you you actually have some insight on email marketing and list building in general. Uh, do you do you have like tips and tricks that you can offer the audience now? Even. You know, first one, of course, is go sign up at Story Origin. 
storyoriginapp.com yeah. uh, and get your uh, get your service and you can even end up with some free months. So yeah. we'll do that. But uh, above and beyond that, what are some ways uh, authors can start, you know, list building and marketing their work? Yeah. So I would say, look, regardless of whether or not you use story origin, right? I mean, you can, you can do, you can, you can do email marketing. Uh, you can do reader magnets if you want to create a Google form and then you want to send people like a link to Dropbox to download your book or whatever. Right. Um, you know, you won't have, uh, the customer support, uh, that story origin does, uh, that like makes it super easy for readers to get their book on their e-reader or whatever, but like you can still employ these strategies without using any tools like story origin. Right. So, uh, the thing that I think is, uh, really important uh, about like having a reader magnet and giving away something for free. A lot of authors will will might say like, "Oh, does that like devalue the devalue your books?" Or does that you know they run into an issue of like giving away something for free? Yeah. And and the way that I think about it is like you should be thinking about your uh, book sort of like. Uh, like a a subscription service, right? Sort Mm -hmm. of like you think about MailChimp or MailerLite or, uh, you know, or any sort of other subscription services um, where you're paying a a flat monthly fee. Uh, A lot of those services will give you a free trial and uh, and then you get to test it out, see if you like it. And if you like it, then you buy it, right? And Mm -hmm. you you pay that, that ongoing fee. With uh, your books, that reader magnet is the free trial for uh, your readers to sort of see whether or not they're going to like you as an author. Yeah. And so that means even though you're giving it away for free, it still needs to be of the highest quality, right? Because it's going to be the first introduction that a lot of readers find you through, right? So that means having a good cover, making sure it's well edited. Um, And so... uh, And so those readers can sort of test you out as an author and then they will buy into your series if they like you. Um, So, so, so that's how you can build an email list is, is by giving away value uh, in, in getting those emails in exchange, because then you can let them know about when you've got new releases or when you've got review copies coming out or um, when you've got discounts that you're running so that you can boost your books during a specific time frame so that you can e- increase your sales rank and do a lot of other cool stuff. Once you have that email list, uh, that just gives you so much power and flexibility that you don't have uh, with you know platforms like Facebook ads or Amazon right. ads, right? Because you're, you know, once you've got that email, then you've got a direct point of contact with that reader. You can reach out to them and uh, get your message to them. With you know ads, you're you have to go back to the well every single time you want to reach those readers again. And the cost to do that is rising all the time. Um, The cost to send emails is declining over time, right? Like author.email, you guys are making it more and more affordable uh, for authors to do this, right? This is why I had you on show. So you could continuously plug my business. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I I really appreciate (laughs) what you guys are doing uh, because, you know, for a lot of authors, it's, it's hard to get started and they're not sure exactly where to get started. And I think it's great to get started with, um, 
you know, something like author email, which is very affordable and will scale up with you over time as you get, you know, mm-hmm. you know, thousands and thousands of readers. Like it's not going to some suddenly become a $50 a month like expense, like from one month to the next month. Right, right? now, eventually maybe you'll get there when you're like really getting uh, like up there. Uh, but you know, it, it, you know, I appreciate what you guys are doing. Well, th- so. <laughs> I, I appreciate your appreciation. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so, you know, I love, I, the re- one of the reasons I push, uh, email and, uh, you know, list building as, as part of your, is your primary, really your primary marketing tool is what I think it, yeah. of it as. And, uh, the reason is that control that you mentioned, I, I would, I am like, I have several times now ditched all other forms of marketing in yeah. favor of just focusing on email marketing because yeah. one, my overhead is practically zero. Right. Uh, and two, um, it, it multi, it's a time multiplier. Like I can, yeah. or maybe I'm not saying that correctly. It, it, it multiplies the outcome of my time uh, yeah. because I can spend time, you know, refining autoresponders and, and uh, refining the engagement and all that stuff. And I see a noticeable uptick instantly everywhere. So uh, yeah, which I do not get on other uh, platforms, except conceivably I do get to see something like that on BookBub's ad platform. But uh, I digress. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. uh, I'm on board with everything you're saying about how that works. What what would you say... is uh, your number one tip for um, it. Okay, when I started, my biggest yeah. frustration was everyone I encountered said, uh, build an email list, have mm-hmm. a newsletter. No one told me how. And when right. I asked yeah. one expert, his answer was, I don't know, Facebook maybe? So <laughs> what's your answer to how do you start building an email list? Yeah. Yeah, the way that you start building an email list goes back to sort of what I was saying earlier. Uh, upload your reader magnet on Story Origin or mm-hmm. service like Story Origin. It doesn't have yep. to be Story nope. Origin. Story Origin. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, and then you will find group promotions on Story Origin, and those group promotions can be either for um, review copies, for reader magnets, for uh, sales for Kindle Unlimited, for audiobooks, etc. What you want to look for is the ones th- that are called giveaways. Okay. Giveaways are group promotions where authors are cross-promoting a landing page that has everyone's reader magnet on that single landing page. And so you, me, and 20 other uh, like science fiction authors can uh, all post the link to that single landing page across Facebook, Twitter, uh, the authors that do have email lists will send it out to their email lists uh, wherever so that everyone sort of drives traffic to this one place. And then and then readers get the benefit of being able to look at, you know, 20 books that are all in a genre that they want to read and they can pick out the ones that they want to read and join those authors mailing lists. So I've seen authors that uh, literally start with a list of zero and go to, uh, you know, 500 plus subscribers within uh, like a matter of a month. That's That's not to say that's going to be everyone's experience. And I will caveat that and say that 
that's definitely not going to be everyone's experience. So I, I, I wouldn't say that you should expect that. There's a lot but of factors to consider there. <laughs> there's a lot of factors to consider there, right? Yeah. It depends on how good is your book cover? Right? How big is the group promotion that you're in? How big are the people's email lists who are in that group promotion? So mm -hmm. there's, yes, a ton of factors, which is why I say don't expect that. Um, but you can be, and, and, and you can be pleasant pleasantly uh, surprised. Keep when your it, expectations when it does low. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, I, I will, I do regularly see um, authors who are getting a um, hundred, a hundred subscribers out of a group promotion. That's, that's mm -hmm. fairly regular. Um, again, it goes back to those other things though. Like if you have a very poor book cover and your blurb is awful, even if 10,000 people see that, like you might get zero subscribers. Um, and so, so you really need to make sure that you have the polish on it. Um, yeah. It's still very important, but yeah, that's, that's the, that's the best way to start growing your mailing list. I think. Okay. Uh, I think that's, that is sound advice. And uh, I, you know, I wish someone had uh, given me advice or I wish there had been tools, honestly, yeah. when I first started. Cause I remember right. back in 2008, I started my mailing list on the advice of marketing experts. I had a total of 61 people on the list, 40 of which were friends and family. Right. So, uh, it took, I'd say four years to get past that number. Yeah. Like, it's slowly creeping up into the hundreds and then, yeah. You know, but you know that I wish I'd had tools, uh, that made that easier back then. So and, and that's lovely. important. Yeah. Like you have to invest the time. Like you, you also have to invest the time. Like you have to think about this from the long game, right? Mm -hmm. You can't be like, Oh, I'm going to get a thousand subscribers. And, uh, and like, it's going to take me two weeks. Yeah. Uh, like you need to think about email marketing when you're starting an email list, like you're, you're making an investment that you're going to be there with your readers for, for a while. Right. 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 Um, you can't, you can't just be like, Oh, I'm just going to send them an update, you know, once every six months, right, or whatever. It, it's um, um, yeah, it's a little like rapid weight loss. If you if you lose a hundred pounds in uh, ten days, something is dramatically wrong. So if you gain a hundred readers in one day, or let's let's make the number bigger, you gain a thousand readers in a day. There's probably something wrong, and unless you actively participate in a really good promotion, yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're we're up against the clock, uh, and I want to make sure we wrap up with plenty of time for you to tell everybody where they can find you. We already we've already heard the uh, various URLs. <laughs> What's the best way to find out about Story Origin and uh, what you're doing for for authors out there? Yeah. So I would say just go to storyoriginapp.com um, and and sign up there. And if you can't remember what my email address was when I was mentioning it or earlier or figure out how to how to spell that if you just scroll down literally the front page of story origin my email address is right there so you can just shoot me an email I'm super transparent about things so there you go there you go all right yeah. well uh man I appreciate you being on I know uh, everything was a little bit rushed but I think we did all right well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you putting your steps in today. Man, I got them in. I don't even have to move from this spot for the rest of the day. All right. Well, uh, thanks again, Evan. And everyone else right now, 
you're probably hearing the groovy bridge music. You may dance in place as well. And if you stick around, I will wrap us up with something clever and witty on the other side. I just know it. So see you there. Tune in next time. You know, I am always burdening myself uh, with having to be clever and witty <laughs> on the other side of the interview. So um, I hope you enjoyed that that chat with Evan. Um, there's a, there was a lot in there I think it's going to be useful to authors. Uh, definitely go try out his, uh, his service. I think um, he's built something kind of cool there. He's kind of making the rounds right now. I heard him on uh, Jane Friedman's podcast. Uh, podcast i guess it's a podcast or something uh well i i heard part of it and i saw the rest uh so she's out pimping him right now so he's getting a lot of love out in the uh the digital sphere <laughs> and he doesn't know that this is his episode today so i gotta i gotta reach out to him and let him know this goes live um anyway i hope uh you are doing well in the uh here in the uh you know, the apocalypse, the pandemic. We'll call it a pandemic. I keep saying apocalypse. Now, I, when I use the term apocalypse, by the way, I, I mean the actual, like, the like literal meaning of it, which is kind of, uh, means the new beginning, you know. It's the end of one age and the beginning of a new age. Uh, that's what it actually means. So, it is, this is an apocalypse. I mean, this is uh, us shifting the paradigm, shifting the way we think about our world and our place in it and embracing a bold new world. I'm really excited about the changes that are happening and the things I see coming. Uh, there are some things I mourn the loss of, um, you know, and I get agitated, uh, by sort of the curtailing of personal liberty that, that I see happening. I think that, uh, there is some overreaction on some things, but Hey, whatever I get to think, whatever I want, you get to think whatever you want. Uh, but you know, all that said, I, well, I cannot deny the range of new opportunities and possibilities that are coming out of this. And that's, that's something, if you don't take anything else out of this episode, I hope you'll take this change is always good or is always bad depending on how you choose to perceive it. <laughs> and for me and for a lot of folks, I like to look at change as always, always bringing new opportunities. Every time something changes in your life, there is a new opportunity there. And change can be painful. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to downplay that change can suck. Okay. Uh, you know, cause we like to be comfortable. We like to know what's coming next and how things work and what our place is, what our role is. We, we like that. So when we lose a job or when we have a, a marriage that breaks up or we have, um, you know, uh, a television series that we love is canceled. I mean, you know, suddenly we have, we find ourselves in the midst of all this change and our first reaction, whether we realize this is what it is or not, is grief. We grieve what's lost. But the thing about grief is that at the end of it, you either have to embrace the new world you live in and go out and live a new kind of life, or you let that grief uh, lock you down, drag you down, and make your life miserable. Um, you know, there's this. I wrote something about this in my journal recently. Yes, I journal. <laughs> if you've, if you're only tuning in for the first time, you you may not realize this, but I I keep a little Moleskin journal and a little digital journal using uh, the Day One app, but in my Moleskine uh, handwritten journal, you know, I wrote that um, focusing on the past is regret. 
focusing on an uncertain and unknowable future is anxiety. And the only cure for either of those things is to focus on right here or right now. Right now is the only thing you have any control over. And really, when it comes down to it, the only control you may have with any certainty is how you perceive your life, how you perceive the things that are occurring in your life and are happening to you. You can choose to frame things in a positive, empowering way, or you can choose to frame yourself as a victim. And victims don't get any say over their lives. So I always choose, no matter what, no matter what's happening to me, no matter what, who's saying what to me, someone did something to me, my, my choice, my decision is to, is to frame things in such a way that I'm empowered. This is what I'm going to make of this tragedy. This is what I'm going to make of this upset in my life, this change that's coming to my life. So I encourage you to do the same. If you, if you are feeling anxious about the things that are happening, that's understandable. Right now, I feel all sorts of crazy anxiety about all of it. Just going to put that out there. You know, I get stressed. I get anxious. My wife and I fight. My friends and I fight, you know. But uh, coming back around on it, I realized, you know, I had a good friend of mine said, you know, you can't, you can't reason away anxiety. And I disagree. I think the only way that you get past anxiety is to keep reminding yourself and but make it habitual to come back around to the idea that um, there is that anxiety, but it's not real. There is this fear and this worry that's nagging at you, eating at you, taking away your joy in that moment, but it isn't real. If you look around, you're feeling anxious, but you see the sky and you see the grass and you see the squirrels and the birds and your pet dog and your beautiful wife or your handsome husband, you know, your gorgeous kids, you know, and you see all this joy that's possible around you and you realize there's no real threat there. It could go away in any minute. It, that's absolutely true. Any second, it could all go away. That just means you need to respect it and admire it and be grateful for it and appreciative of it even more. And if you stay there in that moment, all that anxiety and all the grief over what may have been lost is meaningless. You're still going to feel that stuff, but you can make it your habit to get past it. Feel it and do it anyway. Feel it and live your life anyway. So... That's my parting uh, wisdom, and you can take it for what it's worth, which isn't much, <laughs> and no refunds, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and duck out of here. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful day, a wonderful weekend. It's May 1st. The uh, official mandate to uh, stay inside is, has been uh, rescinded, uh, and you can do what you choose, but uh, I hope that you're out there staying healthy, uh, staying safe. And I uh, hope that you're able to spend some time with some loved ones in the very near future. Uh, you are loved and you are cared for and you're not alone. And I'll see you all next time. Slinger.